and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, we've got a win to talk about. Yes, we do. First time in a month. (laughs) Yeah, we do. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. um, Maybe another win Saturday. Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk. We'll do a little little Duke preview, but it's midseason, um, so we figured just kind of a good chance. I, we've kind of done it a couple of weeks in a row, checking in on the state of things. Um, mm-hmm. But midseason, we're in midseason and review time. Midseason awards is the the format we've got this week. Um, I think. Uh, well, I look first. Should we really quickly just wrap, put a bow on the Virginia Tech game? Obviously, they needed to win that. Um, I think for three quarters, it was like very emphatic, like. Not a whole lot to complain about. Obviously, closer than it should have been at the end. But ultimately, Miami uh, goes to Blacksburg, kind of does what they need to do. I think another good game from Tyler Van Dyke really is really encouraging because it, you know, it wasn't just that crappy North Carolina defense. He clearly has clicked again and is back to being the Tyler Van Dyke we're used to seeing. Um, just what what are your thoughts, I guess, coming off of that game? Um positive thoughts uh yeah other than, First, other like than, good vibes right you i mean you were there uh, at post game they seem to be pretty good spirits after the win they did other than the end uh, other yeah. than making making us all sweat i mean yeah. at the end if they they got off to a fast start which was great um and they look tyler was you know great the first three quarters everybody was it was it was nice and you know, they were up 20, nothing. And then I just, it was incredible. I mean, just to see them, just as the other, t- the other team come back uh, and really almost, you know, a, a touchdown would have given them the win and a, and a extra point. So yes, it's not all good, obviously. And, and no, they, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a game that should not have been close. Um, or I'm not, trying not, to, a, I'm trying not to find the stat. Someone tweeted a good stat at me about, the yard there, Miami is way down in the country in points per yard right now, um, which, you know, is kind of about being terrible in the red zone, basically, right? Like that was the, oh, I mean, it was kind of the story of the North Carolina game. They have the quarterback throw for 500 yards and only score 24 points. And it, it almost bit them again on, on Saturday where Tyler, they were close to 500 yards, I think, total, over 400 as a team, and, and only scored 20 points. Like, they've got to get that figured out. And if they get that figured out, then they're in okay shape. But it's it's a pretty big flaw right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the red zone, I think there were two, two, two touchdowns in the red zone and two field goals. But, I mean, they have to, they have to score more touchdowns, basically. And, and uh, you know, the idea that Tyler's deep ball is clicking is, is yeah. a very good sign. They just got to, they've got to be able to run, you know, they can't run. Yeah. Miami. Uh, this was as of sometime on Saturday, 117th in the country in points per yard, basically. So I just right. not, not putting it in the, in the end zone effectively um, considering, yeah. but again, making progress, I think. And, and um, you know, they're, they're, Coming off the North or coming off the Middle Tennessee game, this was a team that had like endless amounts of flaws, and and they're 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 refining some of the things and and trending back in the right direction. Um, but yes, uh, yes. what we mostly want to do this week is do our midseason awards. We did some preseason awards in the preseason. We'll 
talk postseason awards, I'm sure, in the postseason. Um, but midseason here, Miami is three and three. Um, a lot of a lot of downs, some ups. Um, like we said, trending back in the right direction. Um, so this is just we, we figured awards is a good structure to talk about kind of all the big picture um what's gone well and, and what hasn't gone so well with this team this year. Um so let's just jump right into it um with I guess the biggest award uh, and that is the offensive MVP of this team. Um I think we are in in lockstep here and not necessarily because this guy's been lights out, but there's not a whole lot of other options. Uh that's Tyler Van Dyke who just the last two games, I you know, if we'd done this two weeks ago, I don't know if we would have said this. We probably would have said Henry Parrish at that point. Obviously, Parrish missed the last game, which uh, hurt his case. But I, I think this team is still going to go. Ultimately, they're going to go as Tyler goes. And we've seen that the last two weeks that um, he's the one guy on this roster that can that can elevate this team. Um, part, part of it's because the position he plays. Obviously, the quarterback can always do that. But also just because of the talent he is, he can single-handedly just like he did last year he can single-handedly put this team in every game they play yeah I, I mean I'd have to agree Tyler Van Dyke is right now the MVP MVP of a three and three team yeah. but he's shown that he's he he's still like like we said he he still he still has it okay where it seemed like he lost it for a little bit, he, he, he got it back. He's confident. He said a lot of that is his confidence actually factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and positivity, he calls it, um, and not getting down if he misses a throw, but he's been way more accurate. And of course we can thank the receivers. Yeah. For I mean, that's a big it. part of it is he had confidence last you mentioned confidence. He had confidence last year to just throw it to Charleston Rambo and trust that that guy's going to make a hard play every once in a while. Right. And um, so, I, he's got that certainly it looks like in Colby young right now. And increasingly in Frank Ladson, um, obviously he always had that confidence in Xavier Restrepo. Um, so they've got, they've got a couple of guys that he clearly trusts now, which, you know, didn't seem like the case early in the year where he was, he was probably trying to be a little too perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that, that's it's a good sign that he's your MVP. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks ago when this team was uh two and three, and uh we were worried about like is this offense broken? It would have been really hard to pick an offensive MVP. Uh Tyler, these last two weeks for Tyler, like they've got their identity back to an extent on offense. They were trying to they were trying to jam a square peg into a round hole, I think, for the first. Uh, month of this season and and just letting Tyler cook again um, you know a lot more spread stuff we've seen you know you, you just look at they're doing three receivers more often you look at the snap counts for Brashard Smith um, they've ticked up in the last couple of weeks like they're, they're 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 playing the way that this team probably should have always been playing and Tyler is the reason why they should play like that he's the beneficiary of it yes but he's also the reason why it works uh, defensive MVP um, this one is a, a little more interesting. Um, I think a couple names. Uh, I, I, I kind of narrowed my list to two. Um, who's your pick here? Uh, Akeem Mesador. Okay. Yeah, my two, it's between him and Cam Kinchins, I think. Um, so I'll, for for diversity's sake, I'll go with Cam Kinchins. What, I mean, Mesador, obviously, the last game he had is one of the best games a Miami defensive lineman has had in a really long time. So, uh, yeah. 
yeah yeah he, and, and he's he's progressing i mean he's just progressing national he was uh, named national player of the week walter camp this week yep. i mean he had three and a half sacks against on the road against virginia tech um and uh you know i i i wrote let's see he's the third acc player in the past three seasons to have three and a half sacks in one game and uh, the first one since 2020 and the last um player to have at least at least three and a half sacks is uh greg rousseau is that against so, florida state was that a florida state game yes he had four against yeah. florida state in 2019 but that's really good company um i i don't think it's an outlier kind of thing i mean he's 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 really good um very smart they've liked him since day one mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's had like a nagging foot injury. Yeah, I, mean, he, I remember week one, like he was like the PFF defensive lineman of the week or something, right against Bethune Cookman, and then he missed game two. So like, yeah, yeah. he hasn't been a hundred percent clearly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's just, um, yeah. I mean, I fourteen and a half tackles for loss, nine. Uh, his first two, uh, West Virginia. I'm sorry, West Virginia, fourteen and a half tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. But the thing is. He's pretty good in every in every way. Yes. And I mean, um, we've talked about it. He was a nose tackle at West Virginia. And now he's like an edge, yeah. a edge rusher. Yeah, he's he's really increased his, you know, his stock has risen. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I was about to say he's interested because I haven't seen his name pop up on like big draft boards or anything yet. Um, I'm wondering how high he could climb because if he played, you know, so he's got five sacks. Let's say he finished with 10 sacks this year, which he's on pace too. Um, I mean, maybe more if they get a bowl game. Right. Um, like I, I want, and again, the fact that he has played nose tackle defensive end three, like he's played he's everywhere smart. on the defensive he's line. Smart. Right. He's smart. Uh, he's young. I mean, he's obviously, a, he's a draft eligible sophomore. Um, right. Third year sophomore. Third year exactly. sophomore. Like, I, I, he's an inch really interesting. I think. Once we get to, you know, it's too early to really think about draft prospects. Obviously, we've talked about Zion in the past because he's popped up in first round before he before his injuries. Yeah. But Mesidor is a guy who, who feels like he is like skyrocketing. And um, I think I don't think any of us expect him to be one and done here at Miami. But um, and, I mean, the way he's playing right now, like he he looks like a guy like he looks like an NFL defensive lineman right now. Yes. And. And they, and I'll say the other thing with Mesador is I think his presence is felt right now because of how much Miami lacked a great defensive end last year, right? We talked about it that For sure. after losing Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche and Greg Rousseau, you know, Jafari Harvey had an okay year, but they did. It was the first time in a long time that Miami did not have that like NFL draft ready defensive lineman and, and Mesador. It just, it's just a reminder of how important it is to have a guy like that because I mean, he's a game wrecker. Yeah. I mean, for sure. The difference in, I was thinking of that yesterday, difference between this year's defensive line and last year's such a big difference. I mean, and, and now they're coming on strong. They have this great rotation going. They have way more bodies. They got five defensive line transfers. Mm-hmm. I just wrote about one of them today. Yeah, Daryl Jackson, check out that story. Um, <laughs> got, uh, yeah doing um, very well i, I, I mean, kind of talked my working better by the way 
you know, Leonard's getting better, Leonard Taylor. Yep. I, 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 um, yeah, Jafar yep. Harvey is, I mean, they've got a great rotation going and they're going to keep it going and they're going to keep, you know, their big guys fresh by rotating. Yeah. So I do think, you know, I think Mesador is the guy. Yeah, I've kind of talked myself Cam out of Cam Kinchins during no, this conversation. Cam Kinchins, here's the he's thing. He's really good. Um, three interceptions. Really three interceptions already this year, tied for 10th in the nation. Um, right. He is, in a lot of ways, the leader, I think, of the back end of that defense. Now, the problem is, back end of that defense has kind of busted a whole lot this year. Um, so it, it's a little, and, you know, not that they've been his fault. I think maybe one, you know. Well, the big, that big, that big touchdown. That think, we, right? That big touchdown that we blamed blamed Tyreek Stevenson on, I think, was actually Cam's fault. Right against North Carolina. Yeah, and and another big play too, like a fifty yard, fifty something. Yeah. Yard. So I mean, you're a safety; you're going to get burned. Um, like it's going to happen from time to time. But but I think just we've seen. I think the defense has just been a, the defensive line has just been a little steadier in Mesador. You know, again, like you said, he benefits in a lot of ways from the rotation they have, but he's also the guy who's pacing them in snaps every week pretty much and um yeah I, I love cam kinchins as a leader i love obviously he's been a playmaker for this team with uh three interceptions and a fumble recovery um but i, I think on a play-to-play -play basis mesador has just been more consistent probably more valuable too but um gotta want to didn't, didn't want to ignore cam because he's been excellent this year as well and i think got overshadowed a little bit by james williams for for obvious reasons um, but right. those two are such a good tandem. They complement each other so well. Um, you know, they, they, they're, I mean, and they'll both be back next year, right? Mesador, like we said, could go to the NFL, but, but Cam and, and James Williams and Leonard Taylor and Daryl Jackson, there's a whole lot of young guys that are going to be, we're going to be talking about as potential defensive MVPs this time next year. Uh, last one of these like individual awards, uh, Freshman, who's been the most impressive freshman to you? There are basically three candidates. It's basically Jaleel Skinner on offense, who's been the backup tight end for a couple of weeks now and um, might have to start this weekend, depending on Will Mallory's injury status. Um, you got Wesley Bassaint. You got Nigel e. Kelly on defense. Um, which one of those to you has been the most impressive freshman? Well, we're just or the freshman of the year. I shouldn't say most impressive freshman. I should say which one has been the, like, the if you're giving out a freshman right of the now. year. Well, right now, freshman of the first half, I would say Nigel Kelly. Yeah, um, two sacks. He has two sacks. Yeah, the two tackles for loss. He has five uh, five tackles, but he's um, he's definitely dominant in there, and he's just a yeah. freshman, and uh, yeah, he's going to see more playing time. Also, I don't. I uh, Jaleel. I I'm not saying Jaleel isn't doing a good job and stuff, but. Um, I think, I don't know. I think Kelly. I think is I think the two defensive guys um, have been. I think you could kind of make a case for either. I'd probably go with Kelly just because you said two sacks. Um, he he benefits certainly from the rotation, right? Where he is out there, I think basically been a dozen snaps a week for the last couple of weeks, and he's mm -hmm. in there just basically go rush rush the passer. Not not a whole lot more complex than that. Um, Besaint is, you know, really solid and his, his snap numbers are going way up over the last few weeks. Um, but I, I think, again, we just, I think the defense is all about the defensive line right now, right? The, their worst performances yes. in the games where they have not gotten pressure, their best performances have been the games when they have. And right. um, 
Kelly is a big part of that rotation, and I, I'd expect he's going to increasingly become a big part of that rotation as we go. Okay, um, a couple others. Uh, what has been your biggest surprise this year in a positive light? We'll do the negative next, but let's start with the positive. Might be. I mean, the person who came to mind immediately was Corey Flagg. Not that Corey Flagg was bad last year. Mm -hmm. It's just that the linebackers were definitely the weakness, right, yes. of, of the team. And, and Corey's been outstanding. Okay, he's been really good. So uh, he has two and a half sacks. Uh, he has nine and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he leads the team in tackles. He's very smart. Um, you know, he's kind of the quarterback of the of the those linebackers. He, he's, I don't know. I think he's done a really good job. Yeah, they love him in run run support. He's obviously the kind of anchor of, of what they do there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, I, I always say with him, his, his mistakes look ugly because he's not the most, you know, he's not the prototypical linebacker. He's five he's eleven, and right. he's not, you know, he's not a track star speed. Like he doesn't have NFL measurables. So his mistakes look ugly because he can't beat a guy to a corner. Right. Like, or he gets run over, like, but he is, um, really <laughs> technically sound and, um, really value. I mean, multiple coaching staffs have really trusted him uh, to play big roles. And um, I, I, he's another guy, I think just week to week, he's continued to get better and is certainly playing his best football right now. Um, my yeah. biggest, I mean, another positive surprise, like we'll, we'll talk about him probably in a little bit, but Colby Young, you have to mention his positive surprise. I know it's I only been a week and a half basically, but um, of course. kind of out of nowhere. Um, yeah. To me, to me, it's kind of like I, I not to keep harping on the defensive line, but I, I think I think we were really optimistic about what this defensive line was going to look like. Uh, but again, they, at the same time, there were a lot of unknowns because a lot of transfers coming together. To me, the combination kind of of Mesador and Daryl Jackson being like, I, I thought they were both going to be good. I thought I, I thought certainly yeah. Mesador was going to start. I thought Daryl Jackson was going to contribute. The fact that Mesador has been like an all-American caliber defensive end and Daryl Jackson has been, um, you know, Good. Like far and away their best defensive tackle. And yeah. that's a group that has Jared Harrison Hunt, that has Leonard Taylor. Like right. those two coming in and immediately kind of transforming that front to me is like, I, I didn't see that quite, quite this coming. I thought they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be helpful. I thought that group as a whole was going to be good, but I didn't expect those two to just come in and totally transform what they're doing up front. No, that's a really good point. And, and by the way, I have saved, I'm saving Colby Young for another award. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to give him two awards. That was, that's not fair to the other guys. So, <laughs> but I, but I agree. He definitely could be the biggest surprise. Yeah. I mean, we've just only know. kind of seen it for one week. Um, but right. I mean, I didn't, I mean, he's a Juco transfer at, uh, right. and was way down buried on the depth chart at the start of the season. And now he looks like they're no right. doubt. Number, but that's, pretty surprising um biggest disappointment the flip side of our biggest positive surprise what's the biggest no. negative surprise i don't think i'd pick one of those out um, all right well I'll, I'll i'll go with mine then while you while you think uh i think the offensive line has been kind of disappointing we thought oh, this was gonna line. be um obviously zion nelson only zion playing might be 
biggest it's disappointment. It's hard to say because he's been hurt, but he's only played in one. And the D-line is, is you know, for the I, first three weeks of the season, I thought that was going to be – I thought we were right on that that was the strength of this offense. Um, they were they ran all over Texas A&M. They protected super well against Texas A&M. Um, since then, the run game has, has disappeared. Um, yeah. They're not the physical team that Mario Cristobal wants them to be right now, and, I, and that's obviously up front on offense. I have another one actually that just popped to mind Jalen Knighton now I I yeah. understand that I understand that he's he was injured right or he had yeah. had some hamstring or whatever issues but um I don't know he's he just hasn't yeah hasn't the whole, the whole running you might I mean, the whole running game has been a major disappointment now it was bad sure. last year too so we shouldn't you know, they we were expecting them to improve, yeah. but yeah, Knighton, Knighton has not been the same kind of explosive guy that we saw last year. And he, he, the thing is, I don't think I have to look his stats up from last year. I don't think, I don't think he had a lot of, I don't think he had a lot of yards per carry last year either, like a ton, three, did he even have three point something? Yeah, maybe I don't know, but um, he's net. Oh, now he's averaging 3.8. I don't know. He's had some fumbles this year, I think. And uh, he had last year, I just remember his, he had great hands, you know, he caught a lot of balls. He's had some drops. Um, I don't know. I hate giving biggest disappointment. And Zion Nelson is a real big disappointment and not, I'm not saying it's his, obviously it's not his fault if he's injured but it is very disappointing. So he's not really disappointing. Right. Just the situation. It, the situation is disappointing. Yeah. I mean, we thought really this guy good. was the, the uh, first round pick potentially. And um, I don't think so now, not he, now. We just haven't gotten to see it. Um, and it doesn't sound like he's coming yeah. back this weekend. Not really a whole lot of clarity on when he's going to be back. Um, for those who just a reminder, he had surgery in the off season, played against Texas A&M, played off the bench. Um and had a setback at some point here. Uh, and they could really use him right now. If Justice Ola was shown um, out yeah. now for a while too. Um, yeah. They could use another lineman out there. because You know, Ja'Kai Clark missed last game. So, so they're, they're digging deep on the depth chart there right now. By the way, I, I got to go back to the, I have to go back. He's obviously not the freshman of the year, but I, I loved Ja'Kari. Oh yeah. Brown's two rushes. Uh, I mean, I mean, that one rush, I was watching it today on video again. He had a, a 19, 20, 20. I think he had a two yard rush or three yard rush and a 19 yard rush, right? Yeah. They, with the Wildcat. And that second rush, oh my God, for 19 yards, it was, I think it was on third down. Yeah, they were and, both third. One was third and two, one was third and one. Oh my God. He, he, like David, he ran forward a little and then his, with his back, to the, he was being tackled and yes he ran backwards i'm not kidding he ran backwards it was incredible and then he turned around again i mean he like to me he might win that award just off that run i don't know he, well, he, we'll see i mean this team one of their biggest weaknesses in the first half is third down third and short um red zone all the that situational short yarded stuff um they I think that if I remember correctly, they tried to run Jakari Brown in a wildcat, maybe against Bethune Cookman. It's an early game. 
And I think they got right. a false starter delay game and, and they ended up not running the play. So it's obviously something they've had in their back pocket. Um, a lot of their other options have failed. So they give him a shot against Virginia tech. And I mean, he has earned the opportunity to, to keep getting looks there. Yeah, he definitely has. And I like that they're playing him. I want him to play, play him more if they can, you know, you want to keep these guys kind of motivated also, Yeah, you know, and, and getting excited for the future. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Mario got asked on Monday about the red shirt. So obviously he can play up to four games and still red shirt. He got asked about like, do you monitor that with a guy? And I, I think he basically, I don't want to quote him exactly, but he was basically like the way college football works right now, you can't worry about red shirts. And what he means by that is, guys can transfer if they're not getting blank. Like you, you just got to right. play your guys when they're ready. Um, because no one, so true. no, especially at the quarterback spot, those guys are want to get on the field. They, they want to use their eligibility up as fast as they can and go to the NFL. Hey, um, by, by the way, another, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying all these, we're I'm going like, backwards. <laughs> I'm going backwards, but I, I also think Will Mallory has been really good. I, 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 yeah, I, slow start to the year, I would say, but slow uh, start injury. for sure. Slow start, drop passes. Um, but the last couple games, well, uh, really the last know, one and a half. I mean, he got hurt he halfway through the last game. That game. Yeah. He had a great contested catch, uh, last game. I think that's the one he got hurt on, maybe. I'm not, you know, yes. but, uh, um, you know, 304 yards now, and he's average. Yeah. I mean, um yeah I just have this bad feeling that he's hurt yeah it looked like not a great injury um getting hit to the head shoulder area and on the shoulder. And the, yeah the um, guys called for targeting so there had to be something something yeah. there more than we see yeah um okay uh last two I've got here um give me a, a potential breakout <laughs> star for the second half who's who's well, coming my breakout star for sure is Colby Young I yeah. mean I mean, there's no doubt. And that kid is now, he's hungry now. I mean, I, 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 he's, and I, and I could see Tyler, you know, going to him every pass or whatever. I got Tyler's going to go to him a lot now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And we, we, with going out, other guys have broken out too. Frank Latson yep. uh, is doing better, but not like Colby. So, I mean, I mean, that one game and Colby two games ago also had two, two nice catches. I, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's like a battler, battler, bachelor, whatever. He fights for the ball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and he leaps for the ball and he's, um, he wants it. I just, yeah, he's a very different player than Charleston Rambo, but you can see that Tyler is like, using him in the same way where he that's the guy on the outside who he's seeing him one-on-one coverage exactly. and saying if I put this in a pretty good spot then he's going to make this catch and Frank Ladson like you mentioned is another guy's coming on strong um weirdly he's like kind of eaten a lot in the middle of the field um which is not you know he's a six I don't know what he said six three um six four yeah he's he's bigger you know he's a bigger receiver too who you'd expect to make those plays in the outside and josh gaddis on on monday said like that's the next step for him he's got to make those tough contested catches but uh yeah i mean colby young has has separated himself right now it'll be interesting to see what happened uh jacoby george could return this weekend um after missing the last three games with a hand injury 
Um, Xavier Estrepo could be back a few weeks later. It'll be interesting to see how that that snap, how the the target share shakes out. But Colby is that's a that's a weapon that Tyler has been looking for all year, basically. Oh, for sure. I don't see, and now with also Brashard Smith Mm -hmm. um, coming on, I, I. um, I don't, I don't know about Jacoby George. I mean, maybe, uh, but I, I can't see him coming back from an injury. I don't know. I, I can't see a lot of throws his way. Not with, you know, I, I see Colby. I see Brashard, Frank Latson, Michael Redding was out. Yes. He could also be back this weekend. And Keyshawn Smith, I, which who I think was dinged up. I think. Um, yeah. I think I, he's. So when I'm, he's, I, he, I thought about making him my, my breakout star of the second half because, and again, he is a already arguably a star as a return. He's the best return man, kick returner in the country right now in terms of yards per return. Number one. Uh, uh, but as a wide receiver in the passing game, we've just have not, you know, every once in a while I'll take the top off with his speed, but um, we still just haven't seen it totally click into place where Tyler trusts him seemingly in the way that he trusts a guy like Colby Young or trusted Rambo last year. Um, I, I'm yeah. still waiting for it. Like, I, I, you see it. He gets open down the field a lot. Um, he makes some tough catches when he gets them. I, I, and I wonder, as Tyler recaptures his confidence and wants to take more and more deep shots, if he's going to be a beneficiary of that, um, even if, you know, he has not proven it yet. Um, my breakout star, though, I'm going with, Wesley Besaint, and that's just because I'm looking at the way his snap counts are increasing every week. Um, and you know, I, I think Flag and Keontra Smith are kind of locked. I, I know Wayman Steed started a, a few weeks ago, um, but I, I think Flag and Keontra have kind of been the top two for a little while here. Um, Caleb Johnson has been a little little disappointing, I think, based on what Miami was hoping they were going to get with him with a no doubt starter. But if, I think Besaint is, is headed toward that top four. And, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see some weeks later on in this season where he's third on the team and snaps among linebackers because he every week is getting a bigger and bigger role and he never looks out of place there. Um, yeah, I agree. That's a huge part of it with freshmen, right, is uh, a lot of, you know, you think of it with like Leonard Taylor last year. It's like he had all those tackles for loss. Why didn't he play more? Because he's a freshman, he makes mistakes, and uh, a bad mistake can outweigh a a really positive play. And again, we're not. And they have more. I'm not watching Wesley Besaint on every snap, but it does not seem like he's making a lot of mistakes out there, which is a huge part of the battle for a freshman. He's really good, and he's going to be great. And um, yeah, I also think on the defensive line, like we said last last year, they just didn't have that many people. Right. I mean, now they have more people rotating. Everybody's fresher. Just everybody's better. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Like, it's weird. like I thought for sure, like Leonard Taylor was going to be a guy who, like, maybe defensive MVP. And it's not like he's been a disappointment. They just have so many guys that, right? You know, he's only playing twenty snaps a game. It's hard to be the best guy on the field when you're doing that. But obviously, you know, he's got a lot of tackles for loss. He's got sacks. He's producing when he's out there, and and all it has definitely benefited all those guys. Um, we're running out of time. Can I go back? I know we don't have much time. Can I go back again? Yeah. Uh, Talk to me about Gil Fryerson. Yeah, he's kind of a him. We never played a lot last year either. I think it's just he's like a hard fit. I don't know. I don't know. It's been disappointing. 
I think, because everyone likes to go overpriced. And you can, I mean, even Kevin Steele a couple of weeks ago was like trying to figure out ways to get him in there. But he's, right. uh, you know, he was recruited as a cornerback. He played linebacker. Like he's just a guy who's played everywhere. And it, it sometimes versatility can be a weakness if you don't have a clear cut role. Um, before we wrap things up, uh, what's your prediction for the rest? Three and three. How many wins do they get the rest of the way? Unless they run the table, it's going to be underwhelming compared to what we said in the preseason. But what, what do they get to? I think I said originally nine and three would be great. I don't see they're not going to go nine and three. They've lost three already. Uh, they're going to lose to me at least two more games um maybe three so they're either going to go seven and five my prediction or oh my god six and six yeah my new prediction seven and five you look at i mean you don't want to chalk anything up as an obvious win but duke this weekend virginia the week after and georgia tech in a few weeks um those are all games where miami is you know going to be pretty you know but i think they're an eight or nine point favorite on duke this weekend like that's going to be par for the course on those games. They're going to be a pretty heavy favorite. Um, then the other three at Clemson, I'm just going to chalk that up as a loss for now. Um, and then two home games against Pitt and Florida State. I think they split those. Um, you know, those are the those are the pivot games to me. Like, could they go five and one the rest of the way? It wouldn't stun me, right? It, it, would, it would mean they have to improve a lot from what we saw in the first half. But um, they've got, you know, none of those – the ACC is not so good that Pitt and Florida State, two unranked teams at home, feel unwinnable. Um, Agree. Yeah. But also, like, they could lose all three of those and screw one up and be five and seven. Like, they're a lot, a lot still to, <laughs> to go to determine what the season's going to be like. But seven and five feels like a, a safe prediction for me. Um, obviously, not, wouldn't be the result that anyone is looking for on, on year one for Mario Cristobal. But wow. considering the way things started and the way things looked after the Middle Tennessee game, uh, you know, you get to a bowl game, yeah. win the bowl game. If you go seven and five and win the bowl game, win but Miami's first bowl win since the West Virginia Champ Sports Bowl or whatever it was called yes, back then. That's right. Um, I mean, that would be a nice little consolation prize. So it would, but we're always saying win the bowl game. And somehow, I don't know that bowl game. That's why it would matter. That's why I think winning a bowl game, like to me, it's like kind of whatever in a lot of cases, but it's been so long that Miami has won one has won one. It's important. Yeah. Um, All right. uh, Let's wrap things up there. Uh, You can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. Check out all of her coverage from this week. Wrote about Colby young, wrote about about Daryl Jackson. Uh, wrote about the passing game. Uh, a lot of, you know, a fun, a fun week to write about Miami because it was kind of new, new guys popping up, right? Colby Young, Frank Ladson. Yeah. Um, some guys we hadn't seen a whole lot of or talked to a whole lot or talked about much. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, a lot of Miami stuff this week for me too, um, as well as some Panthers, some NASCAR Panthers. this weekend. Or, or it's, NASCAR. It's, Busy times in South Florida. Um, Dolphins. So heat. Dolphins. Heat. Heat that heat tip off uh, for recording this Wednesday. So tonight. Um, but anyway, let's wrap things up there. Thanks as always for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.